0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. I'm here to introduce myself. You've seen my face. so, And you've also seen how we, when someone says thank you, at the before you kind of know what you're doing, you always feel, wow, they're kind of setting it up. But I do want to thank you. And part of my uh, role right now at this first part of the service will be to introduce you, introduce myself, and tie in what, four square, part, you know, Grace Covenant is a part of a movement of churches and what we do globally. My name is Dan Lucero. And I, uh, you've seen, I've become the leader of Foursquare France, the Foursquare National Church. It didn't exist in 1994 when we left the United States and went to France. And we've seen, uh, how many of you speak French? You come from the South. Now, you've ever said, pardon, ma'am, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> pardon is a bit a French word. I'm not making fun. I kind of lived in the South. I didn't know I spoke French until I got there. But that was a French song. So that's a French song. So I wear different hats. But that, that was a fruit of a, of, a, of a call we had. I married a young French lady. She's still young in my eyes. We're, we're 30 years married. This, uh, this, just now we just celebrated 30 years. One of the jokes I tell in my, in my uh, message message, and we're going to get to that message later on about compassion and falling back in love with each other. And my daddy's back in love with missions. We're going to talk a little bit about that part. And I hope it, pay, it can come into context where you're at. How do we live our lives as Christians, as disciples ultimately of God? My dad mar- was here married 65 years. He, was, he got married uh, they got married on the 19th of March and we were on the 20th of March. So we, we got together for 95 years of marriage celebration. And my dad said, Son, don't worry about it. I want, I've learned some things of 65 years. And he says, And he's been sell- telling me this every year. He goes, But I really know it now, he told me. He looked me in my eyes and he said, Son, I figured it out. It's the first 65 years that are the hardest. <laughs> after that, after that it's all uphill. <laughs> so um, we went to France, and that, that might have something to do with our missions, too. You know, it, it, we can figure it out. It gets better as we, as we stick with it, as we persevere. So I represent, or I would be uh, the area, we use the term area missionary, to the French-speaking nations of the world. Uh, that grew out of my burden to go to France. It wasn't a part of the four-square dynamic globally it's probably the most neglected part of global ministries when we look at the major languages we've seen tremendous revival in latin america south america i met my wife in spain we speak spanish we worked and have lived in that part of the of the kingdom that comes through the spanish-speaking world the english-speaking world we are great beneficiaries of revival We've had we hear about individuals of revival, and that the way the gospel moved with the way the United Kingdom during the days of uh, of the move in, in different church groups. Well, the French speaking world has not known that we've never known revival out of France and its historical background. Today, 27 of the 54 nations, geopolitical nations in Africa, are French speaking. We have French speaking pockets north america you would think of quebec what's the most unreached part of north america we can look at the first nations peoples but quebec would be the most unreached the unchurched aspect of all of north america and then we have the caribbean martinique guadeloupe those are actually parts of france like hawaii is to the united states so i lead as a national leader where kind of the buck stops there. You deal with it in our church structure globally. I, I, I work, some of the pictures up here were of Glenn Burris. So I was in L.A. just two days ago, and then he, I said I was coming here. So some of you who have been here for a while know he was a, one of the pastors in the story of, of this church as it continues to grow. Amen. Uh, so on top of that, I also work with the English-speaking uh, parts and Spanish-speaking Portuguese of Central and West Africa, like Nigeria. Nigeria is a, a lighthouse, a church of ours where we we have uh, tremendous we we have tremendous fruit. Now, I want to always be careful when I talk about numbers because when I deal with leaders all over the world, we what is mission about? We want we want to understand how we are all a part of it, right? From the youngest to the oldest, from those in Cornelius to those in in Cambodia. It's a process where we, mission comes out of the biblical understanding that we become a believer, right? We become a disciple. And then we move into maturity. Let's put up that one scripture so we have a, a scriptural context, Ephesians 4, 12, 13. The gift ministries, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, doctor were given to equip these people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So this is our my purpose and goal as an individual. This is a call of a church, a local church. To, to grow into maturity. As you continue the next passages, so we won't be tossed around with every doctrine, we'll, we'll grow strong, uh, in, in, uh, attached to Christ, which is the cornerstone, the head of the church. This is the same for national churches. And I work at an international level, but Foursquare is an apostolic movement that works to develop national churches. And so I'm, I'm at the front row in France I got to get in there at the very beginning. I landed there when I had just a couple of packages, and uh, we had nothing. So I'm able to see that. But globally, we interconnect. The Foursquare International Church is 50 times larger overseas than it is in the United States. Okay? So think about that. That's the fruit of this mission dynamic that we drew out of Acts. As you study the book of Acts, you see how the gospel moved how this seed was taken into key cities. And then Paul or Barnabas, the Holy Spirit, the story of the Holy Spirit. And we try to model ourselves after that. So part of my joy is that in this last year, uh, we had uh, Pastor Rachel and a couple of members, the previous Pastor Michelle of missions, come to Cote d'Ivoire. And I was able to sit with Pastor Farrell uh, last Uh, convention in Washington, D.C., the Foursquare Convention, and we have a five-year plan of partnering with Grace Covenant to help the Ivory Coast, which is a key French-speaking city country of West Africa, reach into the northern Muslim countries. Mate, you've been a part of our lives, and so I can thank you already because there was a time uh, you raised money for wells, right? And then there was more money than was needed, and they said, what can we do with it? You sent it my way, and I built a well in Niger. And that helped us move into a new zone. And we actually take Niger, it's a 97% Muslim country. It's the highest birth rate in the world. It's one of the poorest places on earth, one of the top five poorest, whatever parameter you measure that by. And that well was built in an outreach. We get uh, solar-powered video machines. We put them them to an evangelist, local evangelist. He gets on a bike. A motorbike, we help get them. And we go into unreached villages. We've seen a hundred unreached villages come to know the Lord through hearing the gospel in their own languages. And then we pray, and we see God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And people with nothing find, through the outreach, they find knowledge of this God who is here the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's been a part of already our relationships, whether you know it or not. So I can really come in here and say thank you and encourage you, you know, as we continue through, the, through this morning, uh, building the relationship even more. So uh, I'm a, a, a global representative in the half of Africa, I'm in the Caribbean, I'm in South Pacific, and some of these pictures were just to give you a, a picture of the spectrum, of the, of the immensity of the task. We probably have 100,000 local churches in the world today. We're still growing. We have 17 different four-square nations working in China. Right. And, you know, I mean, Americans are kind of independent. Right. You kind of everyone does it their own way. Hello. I'm talking to the crowd. Right. But what I find is unique, if we can, when we align our gifts, our service and our knowledge to not control or limit, but to build together. And developing national churches is an amazing story. So I really know and I pray this next season as we, as you hear about it, I just hope to embed in your mind when you hear about Grace Covenant going to Côte d'Ivoire. That's empowering an indigenous church. I was there when there was revival in that country. Uh, We saw the nation become Christian. It's happening today. That was 20 years ago. And uh, we had miracles. Somebody, a kid was raised from the dead. And... uh, And I was in on the team. And then the first lady of the country at that time uh, got born again through the Foursquare Church. We've had a lot of grace Foursquare. I've I've prayed with presidents in a number of countries, but I want to give you the picture of it. That lady in that nation of Cote d'Ivoire, there was a coup d'etat, there was a civil war, and she got in prison. I prayed for another guy in another country, and he, coup d'etat, he ended up uh, gone in a third country. So if you're in politics here today don't get too close to me I just want you know I want to bless you but let's not throw out names and this and this and that but uh, we saw the revival the revival comes to a country it hits media It hits every area and sphere of social you know the kingdom of God is now Jesus is and with but there's the not yet then that our struggle Jesus said I'm here with you and the kingdom of God is here cuz I'm here two or three and I'm in you you're the church and the kingdoms there So we have benefits, we can access the miraculous, we can access the things that are extraordinary, prophetic and real, yet at the same time we know we're waiting for the ultimate fulfillment. And the challenge for us, especially with mission, is we stay fired up. We stay excited. We stay hopeful. We stay perseverant. We stay embracing the hope and the promise that is real, even through trial and tribulation. Paul said, I glory in tribulation knowing it works patience. Patience works hope. And hope doesn't leave me ashamed because the love of God is spread apart apart in my heart by the Holy Spirit. We're processing it. And when I talk about, or we talk about a process of mission, which, I mean, you guys, uh, churches can do what they want. But what a blessed occasion when we partner With gifted ministers on the ground. I am so sold out in giving my life to those who are there. Who understand. So I work with dozens and dozens of indigenous missionaries. We are now in almost every French-speaking country of Africa. Thanks to the partnership with indigenous missionaries. That's kind of my gift. I'm going I want to be the feet and the the hands of of those who are here. We will all celebrate in the goodness of the Lord if we do our part, right? No guilt. You can't do someone else's rope. You have a gift, amen? I mean, I've been trying to. I see some people so gifted, I go, boy, I want to be them. And I keep looking around for myself, and it just doesn't work. Everybody's taken. I got to just be me. Bobber! Help me, Lord. Is that a bad word, bummer, now in the United States? <laughs> is my mom going to correct me when I get home? So we all have gifts. We all have ministries. We're all leaders. One of, if you see seen from the pictures, one of our greatest calls is to work with leadership development. That's a big word in some places. Those are hierarchical. Who's the boss? But we're trying to get back to people of influence. I'm an influence in my home, man. That's the most important place of leadership. And when God in, opens your eyes and says, "Wow, I'm in the kingdom," I have keys that I didn't have if I was outside the kingdom. And Lord, help me to release these. I mean, I work from France to to Africa, to the Caribbean, and every environment's different. Do you think I'm, you know, in Africa we get excited when we pray for people. We shake. You know, I go down to South America, man. We got, oh, Lord, be, I am a kind of Latino. I get excited, right? Come on. Now, I'm not doing that in France. Intellectual, I got to. We gently lay hands on someone and we pray in the name of Jesus. I don't need to shake and rattle. That scares them. We would not have fruit in France that remains if I was trying to be in a Latino. Or trying to be an American, I, you adapt, and you see God work. So we're processing it. But the, the gift to work with indigenous and national people, and to work in a global apostolic movement, is incredible. So I'm kind of I don't want this to sound bad, but I my daughter put that together, and it, she only finished it real late last night. She was one of the little girls in the first picture, and she's here today. She lives in New York, and she married a man from Ethiopia last year. I had that privilege to, to weep when I gave my daughter away and said, Lord, you didn't tell me about this. <laughs> Compassion. And um, we, we see the, uh, the faces of the people we work with and this uh, movement and ability to, to put our energies together, our, our resources together. And so that's my, my story here to help bridge the gap and understand that uh, we have 15 global regions and I, I, I take care of two regions and probably about 8,000 churches in that. We've seen, uh, we've seen tremendous growth in the French-speaking churches and that's the grace of God. It's a real grace of God. And I've already th- thanked you for some of the uh, part you've been in that. So uh, as you hear in the next steps and future... Uh, about that, I hope it, it rings a bell. You have a face on it. We would love to bring the leader here from Cote d'Ivoire. We've been speaking with the leadership team here. He's a tremendous... I've been with him 20 years, seen... I've learned so much. Don't you realize that in life? You, if we have a position of being people who want to grow to the fullness of whoever we are, we learn all the time. People teach us. And what a dynamic. The call to what's going on in the world. I know... We can, we can react to it differently. It can, be, it, can be, it can be challenging, it can be disconcerting, it can be unbalancing to see what's going on internationally or what's happening locally. But as we trust God, as the architect and leader of the orchestra, God, help me see your eyes in all situations. Okay, so that's our partnership. That's the Foursquare International part of it and my joy to be here with you. I want to get to the Word right now. We have a few more minutes together, and I want to open uh, our Bible to Matthew chapter 14. I want to read this uh, first, and then we're going to come back and pull out a few things, and I'll, from the get-go, tell you that my, my deal's not... It's not to get you onto my boat, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going, right? I know that doesn't give you confidence when you ask someone to speak. I mean, I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to go see a doctor and he, and he kind of says, well, I don't know what I'm doing. No, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm just trying to be honest that ultimately, to fulfill the Great Commission, what we, what will happen is when every one of us becomes a disciple, when we're doing, amen, when we're doing what the Father, what the Spirit wants us to do. I love it when I, I love these stories people are so surprised because we're really talking about, we're not here to emotionally provoke people to get into something. You need to be called of the Lord. And the Lord has already called us, right? 98% of everything we need to know about calling is already written in that book. All right? We don't need to be looking too far to see what God wants of us. But how that works out, how that dynamic, the, the the dynamic aspect of a living Holy Spirit in me to do the things as a part of that body. And as we embrace ourselves and become mature individuals, then when the Spirit needs something, we're ready. It's like next man up. I kind of saw, I'm sorry if the Carolina Panthers had a bad year. I, I, I <laughs> sorry, guys. And then all of a sudden, this unknown unknown, unknown backup quarterback. And then we go, yeah, but he's getting $5 million a year. He better be ready. But they, they seem to come out of nowhere. But But isn't that a beautiful example? They're positioned and ready. You never know when it's your time and let me bring to you a global perspective the church isn't being called to ask more God the bride Jesus' Christ's commitment to his bride has not changed men he says love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her did I does that say something I I'd like to read the first part and I usually stop before I get to that part you know women submit to your husbands you know I I end there Good sermon, brother. I like that. <laughs> oh, it's it's mutual submission and all that. Let's don't But the the, the the love of Jesus for his church has not changed and will not change. And he wants this church to come back to its mission. I'm I'm hearing this in the spirit all over the world. To be and we have sayings and we have thought but he's he's really saying get get ready. Now, when is he returning? I don't know. I don't know. But the Spirit is moving globally all over the world. Saying, wake up. Wake up again. It's not, I, you know, emotionally to, to beg. The, your, your, your Jerusalem is the most important place for you today. Your home. Now, you know why I say Jerusalem? Because in the mission sense, we speak about, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He's building the church. He's teaching us. He said, after his going, I have to go away to send the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem so the Holy Spirit comes. He who will guide you, teach you, lead you into all truth. The promise. The comforter. What works? Spirit-led people. Amen." Amen? And he said, start in Jerusalem. Then Judea, Sumeria, the ends of the earth. I, I have to nav- I navigate that way because of the, I've followed the call God put in me. But we are all... Now, guess what happens? I said to the ends of the earth. I just got back from New Caledonia in the South Pacific. The ends of the earth became Jerusalem to me after so much time. So I'm kind of mixed up, you know, bipolar. You know, where am I? Where's Jerusalem now? But we all have a Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit says, but that's... You got more in you than that. There's a, there's a Judea. It's the county. It's the home. It's the county. It's the state. And the partnership allows us to do things. But he needs to bring us back. And the Spirit, you know, we don't sometimes. If we've never known it, let him bring it to you for the first time. But let's read this passage real quick. Uh, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately. To a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed. Now these are the words we're going to focus on for a couple minutes. Jesus saw. One, he saw a large crowd. Two, he had compassion. Three, he had compassion on them. And three, he healed the sick. He reached out. Let's read, read it to the end. I'd like to follow up if they said, As evening approached, disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away, so they can go to the villages, buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread, and two fish, they answered. Well then, bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves of the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men besides women and children. Go back to the verse at the beginning of this passage. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew. What? what? He had heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded. Talk about a bad day. You remember that beautiful story where the Annunciation, Elizabeth, the cousin. You know, who, who was this Jesus? But when Jesus, the Mary was pregnant, John the Baptist fluttered alive already in the womb. This was a things were happening, and Jesus grew up. Like you and I, physically, emotionally, in all ways such as us, yet without sin. And this isn't just 2,000-year-old theology. This is why we come boldly to His throne of grace. I mean, that's the power of what He was able to do. You can't be Jesus. I can't be Jesus. But He is. Uh, He was God, Messiah Christ, and man, flesh, woman... You know, women, God created you in His image, not man's image. I mean, all right, hallelujah. Genesis 1, 24, 25, God created man and man, woman and man. He created His image. Your identity, our, all of our identities is in God. But Christ was the tool at the moment in time to bring it all together. And on that day, His schedule was messed up. And what did He want to do? What do you do when you're hurting? You want to get away. You legitimately need to get away. But... He couldn't. And they followed. And he saw them. And he had compassion. And he began to minister. I think the greatest compassion of Jesus is his long-suffering with us, the disciples. Because the disciples didn't see what Jesus saw. They got tired. And you work hard. Come on. I, I want to... No guilt here. Come on. You know, I want to go play golf in North Carolina or whatever. I I need to get away, right? I've been in 18 time zones in the last week. Hallelujah. And so what? I I know if I'm doing good emotionally when I see my attitude on airplanes. Hallelujah. My wife is laughing. You got to get away. You want to and it's legitimate. But, you know, we don't run our schedules. Being yoked to God is also He's the Lord. He knows when to give us rest. When to, and He wants to teach us. And when we're talking about the church coming back to mission, it's coming back to a simplistic articulation of faith and obedience. Meat and potatoes, nothing fancy. We don't need more exciting speakers or more people gifted to give us, like I'm three-point sermons, <laughs> hallelujah. But finding God and compassion. Tell them to leave. Get them out of here. We've had a pretty good run for a few days. When we're tired. You don't need to send them away. You do it. But we don't have it. And let me tell you, you don't have it. I don't have it. None of us have it to answer the problems of the world. I just put a few pictures up there. My daughter put together. You do not know what I live and see every day. And the few thousands of churches I work with and the leaders and the phone calls and the burdens. But I know the answer is faith. That's what I can give if I have it. And it's born often through difficulty. Letting the Holy Spirit touch you. The disciples were saying, you know, get them away. I got it together. I, I got my plan. I'm a good. I got, I finally figured it out. Well, good luck for you if you think that. He has a right to blow our schedules up. And He might. And it happens sometimes. Not for our evil, but for our good. Disciples, He said, what do you have? I always love the heart of God where He will never judge us. He's not a slave master to do more, greater things. And I've probably already said it. All this thing about numbers. I teach so many leaders and I always, I say that all the, we do have to measure fruitfulness, right? And I'm a, on the back of my history and MBA and all the things, I've, to get into France, I did a Ph.D. in France. So there's fruitfulness in a secular world that I was called to be a part of. And it opened doors. It, and I, you can take all of those titles and give them away because I count them as dung compared to the glory of having Jesus Christ in my heart. <clears throat> but in our world, it's not, not it, I think God's going to weigh our lives, not count our lives. Fruitfulness will be weighed, not counted. And that's a biblical reality that he was, we're put to be weighed. So he said, what do you have? And they gave him what they did have. And you could spend a lot turning that one around. And, and one of the Gospels, I think it was a little kid had it. So, you know, you take it from someone else to give to Jesus. That's not bad. I, I kind of like that. Why not? Let's give it a try. It's not costing me too much. And Jesus Blessed it. I wish I could see what they might do in Hollywood where, how would you ever depict the moment the miracle happened? I don't know, but I do know that in my experience, and I believe it lines up with this revelation that Jesus gives us, that as they began to serve, I believe the miracle happened as they began to serve, as they stepped out. And why I say that, I think, is because there was 12 baskets I think that was such a lesson. Jesus wanted to build their faith. And He wasn't putting spiritual more than natural. You guys, we have so much to do naturally, but that's not going to solve it. It's a balance between spiritual and natural. But don't throw away the spiritual, the miracle in your life, if you need a miracle. But it's when we get we get closer to that compassion. And what what... You see, your whole story of being a missional person, a person on a mission with God, a person with a purpose, just put it in common language, is to say, God, I want that passion back. I joked about my dad and mom, 65 years married. I've only been married 30, but we've had to fall in love a few times again and here and there. Amen. Forgive. come back. I would just so beg you this morning to hear what God might want to say to you. He took these disciples. They came from places ordinary like any of us. They ended up in a situation unknown. He himself was certainly not planning to do it that day. He wanted to be away, but he stayed. He taught them. He showed them. He opened his heart and the disciples saw the miracle. I don't know where you're at, but I pray that you let the Lord lead you where he wants you and that you'll be open to hear his call in everything you do. I'd like to just pray this morning if you don't mind. To join me. Father, I thank you. If you're here this morning and you hear my voice, I just want to ask you if you are not sure about your salvation, you're you're not sure about your relationship with this Jesus. I can only say it's a great thing and if you're unsure, just stand up. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Don't let this don't wait to Easter. Don't wait to Easter, but be open to his call right now. And I also want to ask if you're here and you've you're you just want, and you're here in God wanting to realign your life, to reposition you. Jesus' schedule got changed. He had to realign it and he did. The disciples wanted their program and they got had to they went back to Jesus' program. I just want to pray for you. If you're sick this morning, we don't want you to leave without getting prayed for. Because the power of agreement, if we agree together, the Word says, any two people who agree on earth, it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you have an issue in your home, in any place, that's a part of your journey in mission and discipleship. I just want to ask you to pray. We're going to end with prayer. And I want to pray with you. But you need to make that step. If you need to fall in love with Jesus again, His mission for you really his I'm going to ask you to stand. And you can see, you won't know it. He can bring back the passion or a compassion you've never known. It's messy. It's not always logical. It doesn't make sense. But He's a good God. And we said this morning we trust Him. We said that. We said we trust You, Lord. I want to end in prayer this morning. Thank You if there's anybody. Father, You see Your children, You hear and know all of our needs. I want to pray, Father, that You do the work we can't do. You bring us back to You. Continue to teach us, guide us. But at this morning, the needs that are here, respond to them, I pray, that would go beyond what we can think or imagine. You bring healing where healing is needed. You bring peace where there's brokenness. You bring hope where there's hopelessness. You uncover the mask and you, and, you, and you make fall the falseness, that scaredness. Forgive us our trespasses, Lord. Forgive us and forgive those here today so there's reconciliation. Lord, we bless you and thank you that your global church, your global body is working and alive and we're a part of it, whether we know it or not. Open our eyes. I want to bless Grace Covenant. I want to bless the leadership. I want to bless the work here. In Jesus' name.